Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. On this week's uh, lineup, I'm delighted to be joined by Katie Midwinter and making an appearance from, not out of the blue, but for quite a while, it's uh, Paul Callahan. If you've been listening to us for the last couple of years, you'll know Paul was part of the team, um, but we've brought him back and uh, yeah, he's going to be previewing the racing with us at uh, Cheltenham at Doncaster. But before we get into it, uh, Paul, how are things with you? Um, you're now with the Irish field, aren't you? Now with the Irish field, Chris, yeah. Back where it all started on, on the podcast, um, on the Indecidal podcast. A lot's happened since I was last on. Uh, graduated from college with a, with an honours degree. Uh, left jobs and with, with the Irish field, as you say, working in advertising and marketing. Um, and yeah, ran a marathon as well, so... Plenty on, and we had a birth of our, our second daughter, Kiva, so plenty's happened since I was last on. Yeah, it all seems like it's uh, going on with you. Um, but yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into the racing view, and hopefully uh, you can give us some winners um, for a cracking action I'm, this weekend. Chris, uh, yeah, I'm armed with winners. I'm loaded with winners. Okay. <laughs> we'll see We'll see uh, what you can find for us, what golden nuggets. <laughs> we need them. We need the winners. Yeah, and Kate, it's not it's not been great for you, but you did have a good day last Sunday, though, didn't you, at Lingfield? Yeah, we had a couple of nice winners. Thank you, Chris. Um, Twelve to one and sixteen to one. I'll put those out there because no, it hasn't been the best form in recent weeks. But that's the way it goes, isn't it? Up and down some days. Um, some days can be good, and then some days you're struggling. And this time of year, it can always be a little bit. Um, quiet, you know, after the Christmas period and then building up for the big festivals now, DRF and then Cheltenham, Aintree and all those. Um, but there's lots of great action this weekend, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how everything unfolds. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of Cheltenham clues. It's kind of like the next two two weekends are going to be really big when it, I think it comes to, to Cheltenham and definitely those anti-post markets are going to be moving. So yeah, definitely no books at the ready. So the first race we're going to look at then is a 205 at Doncaster. It's the SBK Yorkshire Rose Mare Turtle. It's a grade two over two miles and Willie Mullins has the first two in the bet and your favourite is Astro Diamond at 13 to 8. Patrick Mullins is coming over to ride her. We've then got Gala Masso at 2 to 1. Danny Mullins is booked to ride that one. We've then got Under Control for Nicky Henderson at 4 to 1. Say Goodbye at 12. Things Be Girl 25s and Richella is the outsider at 250 to 1. Paul, it looks like on paper at least it's a match between Willie Mullins, um, the Willie Mullins horses. Do we think um, one of those is going to take all the beating? I think the second favourite at the moment. I see Astro Diamonds on the slide. Was was the shortest four to five now out of thirteen to eight. She won a Grade Three at Fairy House back in January of last year. Then one was a good winner of a Grade One at the Easter Festival at Fairy House. The choice of Patrick, but I'm going to side with Garland or so. Where's the hood? She's a little bit quirky. But she was a good winner of a grade one in France and a toy when last seen. That was back in May. She was no match for Lossy Mouth at Punchestown and at the Cheltenham Festival when the when the clash and the triumph hurdle on her two previous starts before that win in France. But she did capitalise on Lossy Mouth's misfortune in the grade one juvenile hurdle at the Dublin Racing Festival last season. We all kind of there was a bit made of the race. Lossy Mouth got caught down the inner and then ended up having to come about five or six wide turning for home and Garland Marceau made absolutely no mistake from Lossie Mouth's misfortune. She's 
a mare, she wears the hood, she can be a bit keen. She has loads of ability. Like when you see her previous efforts, how keen she races, she probably shouldn't be finishing the races as well as she does. So she has a, a huge engine. I think a small field here, only the six runners, I think that'll help her get settled. And I think as long as Patrick is not maybe tightening Danny up too much if he opts to go down that inside rail, um, I think as, as big as two to one, I think that could look a massive price for Garland or so. I think shortly after five past two on Saturday afternoon. Okay, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the market evolves, see if the money does come from Garland Marceau. But yeah, I think uh, that's definitely a, an interesting uh, selection. How about you, Katie? Who did you like in the, in the Yorkshire Mayor's Hurdle? I'm going to go for the other Willie Mullins runner. I'm going to go for Ashra Diamond. I just think she's got really good form uh, behind the boys, behind Marine National, Irish Point, and the likes of Silvega as well. Her only defeat against her own sex came when she was beaten three quarters of a length in a grade two bumper at the beginning of her career. I just think the form's quite solid and she's getting three pounds from Galamasso as well, a filly that's two years younger than her, that's coming out of juvenile company, hasn't yet been seen this season and, as Paul said, can be quite keen and does wear that hood. I think Galamasso has the scope for the most improvement because she is younger and... She showed a lot of quality so far, um, but I am going to side with a more experienced runner, and I think Ashra Diamond is going to be tough to beat. But it's going to be interesting between the two of them. I think they will battle it out, but I'm just going to side with Patrick Mullins with Ashra Diamond. Okay, Ashra Diamond it is, Katie. So we've got one vote for each of the Willie Mullins runners. I probably would just side with Ashra Diamond. I just like that form, as you said, Katie, that she's got against the boys. The only concern I'd have about Gala Marceau would be sometimes I'm not a massive fan of juveniles when they come and they've, they've, they're they out of their juvenile season and they come. I just feel sometimes they don't always train on and maybe they've shown their hand a little bit early when they're in their juvenile career. So that's a concern I do have with Gala Marceau. But yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting spectacle. And I'd also give a positive mention for Under Control. Obviously, she bummed out last time out in the Jerry Field and when she was sent off a warm favourite for that race. Um, I just think she's better than that. And if you go with her form on Iberico Lords uh, when winning at Sandown last season, I do think she's got the potential to maybe bounce back and be a smart mare. And uh, it's interesting as well that Mark Welsh is coming over. Um, and he's put for the ride on this one. So, yeah, under control is just maybe one to, to watch out for. But it's definitely going to be a fascinating race. We then move on to the 240, to the Albert Bartlett River Don Novices Hurdle. It's a grade two contest. Welcome to Catrice is your favourite three to one for Paul Nichols. We then got Destroy the Evidence next in at four to one. I Love My Bay at eight, along with Kerry Hill. Esprit de Poitiers at 17 to two. Range is 10 to one. Bigger are the rest. Now, Casey, I know this race last year holds some uh, good memories for you, obviously, with Maximilian. And we we did see the, the, the winner of the Albert Bartlett come out of this race with Stay Away Fade, didn't we? And um, welcome to Catrice. He might have a similar profile to Stay Away Fade. Do you, do you think he's got a good chance here? Yeah, it was a great race last year with Maximilian. It, it was an amazing win. And then the fact that Stay Away Fade went on to win at the festival it was a really great form boost. So it's such a shame that we're missing out on Maximilian this season. But yeah, I mean, Nichols hasn't won this race since 2012, but obviously he did have Stay Away Faye in it last year, who turned out to be a really nice one. And I think Welcome to Cartridge could be a nice one as well. I think the step up in trip is really going to suit him. He convincingly won a point to point over three miles. Uh, I thought it was a good battle between himself and beat the bat uh, in his maiden at Ascot. And he 
just lost out that day, but he bounced back at Ascot with a step up in trip um, then in December to win his maiden hurdle in, in good fashion. And I think the step up again is just going to really suit him. I think he's going to be one that's going to be going more in the staying races. And I do really like his profile. So I'm quite keen to stick with him here, although it is, a, it is an interesting race and it's going to be interesting to see a few others destroy the evidence. I love my bay as well in there, but um, I, I do favour welcome to Patrice. I think he's going to be well suited by the conditions of this race and, and I think it'll go well. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. I was there at Ascot that day when he won and at the time I wasn't that impressed with him um, until the last furlong of the race really when he really put the race to bed um, he looked like he, he... Looked like beaten at one point didn't he yeah he, he, but he then just... and he started staying on and I think that extra distance on that occasion it really helped him to see out the race better because it looked like he got a bit outpaced at one point didn't it yeah I, I just think as you say the, the, the step up and trip is going to really suit him and he looks every inch of uh, stayer I thought um, he just rem he reminds me quite a lot actually of Stay Away Fade to be fair, and he'd probably be suited by the ground as well. The ground was riding on the quick side at Ascot last time out, and the ground's currently described as good, and there's not too much rain forecast um, for the north, so I do think the conditions will be in his favour, and I think he's ready to to take the step up and trip, and uh, I'm quite excited by his chances. I think he could be a nice horse. What about you, Paul? Are you feeling the love for Welcome to Catrice? I've gone for experience. I've gone for destroy the evidence. And I think, yeah, any chance that maybe Lorcan Williams will be trying to get welcome to catch his into rhythm early. I think Basti's going to be putting the petrol on, shoveling on the coal early doors here. Using he's has he's had six starts over hurdles. He was a, a good seconds behind Shanna Bob, who's rated 134 when last seen. He was only beaten a length and a quarter. That was at Cheltenham. That was in a grade two back on December the 16th. Like I said, he has had the six runs over hurdles. He's won on three of them. Stable had a, a welcome winner during the week. Like I said, going with experience here, and I think Bass will be, be shoving on the coal early doors. I think four to one, bit of value here on destroy the evidence. I love my bay. I have to give a mention. I think he'll struggle in. I love my bay. Will struggle in this company. Struggle in this company before two starts back as well. Hell, when finishes third, that was at Haydock. Was a good winner, I think, at Air when last seen, and does represent a, a team enjoying a, a real purple patch in the double green of Isaac Swade and Simon Manier. Stuart Crawford team also have been a, among the winners in, in recent weeks, and Daryl Jacobs absolutely flying at the minute. So. Wouldn't be a huge surprise if I love my bay came home, but uh, I'm going to side with destroy the evidence. Yeah, I can definitely see the uh, the angle there with destroy the evidence. As you say, Paul, he's clearly got the form, and we're going to see that form tested as well. You've got Carrie Hill come out of that race, and also as well, Munda um, Orange is uh, running at Cheltenham in, in the final race on the card there. So we're definitely going to see um, how that Shannon Bob form uh, stands up. So yeah, Paul's going to go for destroy the evidence, and we've got two votes for welcome to catcheries with me and Katie. So we're now going to move on to the feature race. At Doncaster's card on Saturday, it's the 3.15, it's the SBK, Great Yorkshire Handicap Chase, Famous Bridge is your favourite along with Sweet Will at 7-1, to one. we've then got Captain Order 8 along with Forward Plan, Sorry Quest is next in the betting at 9, Nines. Uh, Can Do Kid is 10-1 uh, to one along with Mr Coffee, and Bigger Are The Rest, Paul, there's quite a few angles you have to say in this race you've got a few horses that have come down the weights that might be quite well handicapped and you've got horses the likes of famous bridge sorry quest that have got a couple of ones by their name and, and can still be improving it it should be quite a good uh, race shouldn't it yeah absolutely chris like famous bridge won his last two is generally there or thereabouts seven to one could be a huge price on him 
it's interesting that connections have opted not to play him up eleven five, which would, would have to lead you to believe that Nicky Richards and, and the team tinked it off at a mark one three nine in this company. He has to be there or thereabouts. I've gone for one at a bit of a price to Haskar Haskor Claremont for Gavin Cromwell and Connor Stone Walsh. He's won two of his last three starts and including one of which included the, the amateur race at Cheltenham's open meeting in November. He was well beaten in a similar event at Ascot on his last start. I think Doncaster will be more to his life. He's obviously a little bit of a character. And I think Ascot, I think the three-mile start at Ascot, you jump the first two fences downhill, then you have the ditch and you swing around the corner. And if you miss kind of those, if you don't get into a rhythm over the first two at Ascot, even though it's over three miles, you're on the back foot straight away. I think Doncaster's a lot fairer. It's a, it's a gorgeous track. There's generally no excuses at Doncaster. I think the first half mile, if Connor Stonewalls can get a tune out of Haskar Clareman, I think he could run a huge race here at 16-1. to 1. It's interesting as well, like when I say he's struggling in this sort of company when last seen, it's interesting the connections have opted to come here and persist. Do you know, so obviously expecting better. Um, Connor Stonewalls, cracking value for his £5 claim. Claims five off 10 stone eight. Like I said, if, if Haskar Claremont gets out on the right side of bed, gets a good half mile in the first half of the race, I think he could have a, a big save. Okay, so Paul's going to go for the Irish Raider, Haskar Claremont. How about you, Katie? Did you have uh, another one uh, at a big price for the listeners? I don't have one at a big price because I'm quite sweet on sweet will for Emmett Mullins. I think, you know, Emmett Mullins is always feared when he comes over here with any of his Irish Raiders. He's one from one on the jumps course at the track. Uh, this horse won over hurdles off a four-pound higher mark when he was trained by Gavin Cromwell last year. Now, it is a different, um, you know, it's a different challenge this time around over fences, but I think he's on a handy mark. And although he hasn't been seen to his best the last twice, I just think that this could be an interesting um, contest for him. And he's carrying a low weight, you know, Tanstone to Donna Meyer that comes over to take the ride as well. I think he'll go really well. And he's all, already been backed in a little bit as well. He was as big as 10 this morning. Now around 7 to 1 generally. Probably expect him to shorten even further um, because of that Emmett Mullins factor. But I think he's got the form and the book as well to back it up. And although maybe he has to find a little bit of the form of some of the others, I just think he, he probably has a little bit further improvement to come. So I'd be quite sweet on his chances. Okay, so it looks like we've got the Irish angle covered for this race. We've got Sweet Will and Haskell Clemon. Um, I'm staying loyal with the home team. Um, I'm going to go for one of my cliff horses here. And Katie knows who this is going to be. Mr. Coffee. I just think this could be D-Day for him. Um, obviously... He's a horse that always seems to find one too good. But I just think this has been his uh, season target. He ran a good race here last time over course and distance. And I think he was a little bit inconvenienced. They doled off some of the fences that day. And I just think he, if they were going to jump him, that probably would have suited him over uh, forward plan, who, who does reoppose here. The cheek pieces are going on, and Daryl Jacob is booked for the ride. And we saw um, at Aintree what a good jumper he could be when he finished eighth in the Grand National, obviously, but fantastic, the smart jumping in, and he looked like at one point he might nick it from the front. And I think if they deploy similar tactics here, I find I, I sometimes find that Doncaster can be... Uh, um, a track where it's hard to come from off the pace and if they do ride him handy if you can get him into a good rhythm I think 10 to 1 
isn't a bad price and this race owes me one i've been done twice in the last three years with front runners i remember storm control and i right i put them both up and they both looked like they were going to win and they just got chinned over the over the last and uh and got headed in the down stride so yeah i'm hoping mr coffee can uh, give me some redemption but so, yeah it's certainly going to be uh, a hard race at least to find the winner hopefully we've given you some good pointers there but uh, that's uh, the racing then covered at Doncaster that we're going to look at we're now going to move on to Cheltenham obviously uh, it's Cheltenham Trials Day plenty of good races and the first race we're going to start is the one that's on ITV there it's the 115 at Cheltenham it's the Paddy Power Cheltenham Countdown Podcast Handicap Chase and Il Rodoto is your favourite 4 to 1 for Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols. we've then got Excello next in the betting at six to one, Victorino at thirteen to two, Hitman at fifteen to two, Easy as that tens along with Grand Dame and Retour is eleven to one, and bigger are the rest. Casey, I know you've been pondering over this race a little bit over the last couple of days. You've, we've been talking about who you fancy, a few old favourites of yours, but um, who have you actually come down down on in the end? Yeah, it's been a bit of a tricky one for me because I've been quite loyal to Il Rodoto and he came so close last time in the end of Bryony Frost um, but just missed out to Fugitive in the, in the closing stages. But I feel like he's quite well found in the market now. He was quite a nice price last time as well in November when he ran a big race uh, under Freddie Ginger behind stage that not long till May. But now he's he's short enough in a race like this and he's up five pounds for his last run too. Um, so that's kind of put me off him a little bit. Although I hope he does run a big race and he definitely deserves to have his day in the sun because he's such a consistent horse. So I have no problem seeing him go and win um, and I'd be cheering him on. But the one that I quite fancy is Galor. Now he's previously won a big Cheltenham handicap over this trip. And I think he's on a workable mark of 150 here. Jamie Snowden Yard is in flying form at the moment at 31% strike rate in recent weeks. And Gavin Sheehan, who is enjoying such a great season, is on board. Um, so I think that he's going to go really well. And 12 to 1 is quite a generous price. I think he's a bit bigger than he was this morning. But he did have that entry at Doncaster as well, didn't he? Um, they've opted to go here. Hopefully it will turn out to be a good decision. Uh, because I think that looking at his form and his profile, I think he'll have a big chance. I will just give a quick mention to Bill Baxter, who is, is one of my favourite horses in training. Um, he's running off 1-3-8. I think the drop back in trip here will suit him. He's been running over three miles on further recently. Been running well as well, but I just think he's best over two and a half. He is now five pounds higher than when he won the top of my entry. I'm kind of hoping that that will be where they end up with him again this season. Um, but hope he runs a big race here as well. Okay, a couple of uh, noteworthy mentions there, but Katie is going to go with Galore. Um, Paul, how about you? Who did you like in this race at Cheltenham? I'm going to take a chance on Jatoyle, who, who jumped and travelled like an absolute dream when given Ryan Potter, arguably his, his biggest day as a trainer, when taking the old row and chase an entry when when last seen. One is Shea Coesley in the end, I think, was a bit more valued than the winning distance would suggest he just pulled up a fraction once he hit the front um, like I said he jumped and travelled like an absolute dream throughout slight concern Daryl Jacob has been on board he's had eight runs over fences so he's still pretty unexposed for, for a nine year old over fences but he's won on three of those but he's had five career wins all of which Daryl Jacob has been doing the steering so 
Brendan Powell, I'll be hoping, can make a bit of history here. But I think if Chetual turns up in the same form as he did the last day, I think he's a, a cracking price at 11 to 1. Okay, Paul's going to go over Chetual. Definitely can see the angle here. And yeah, if he can recapture that old Rome form, he's definitely a big player. I'm going to go with Hitman here. I know he's a proper cliff horse for a lot of people. We're all waiting for the day that it's all going to come together. But I just think that third behind Envoy Len and Shishkin is right up there with, with the best form on offer. And I just think Freddie Gingle claiming a, a good £5 off the horse's back is going to help him massively. I just think over this course, with the ground likely to be good to start, I just think that's going to be right up there with, ideal, with his ideal conditions. He was really disappointing uh, when he was sent off 72 favourite for that old run. No uh, explanation could be offered uh, why he ran so poorly. They've given him a wind up. And I'm just hoping that that's just going to bring out a little bit of life uh, to him. He's 15 to 2. I could see him running well. He might not be good enough, but I think he'll be there or thereabouts. And I'll probably have a couple of quid on him each way. I just think uh, I think he's due a big one. And if that wind up has made the difference, if he can rediscover his Ryan Air form, I do think he is a bit of a big player. So, yeah, definitely quite a lot of angles into this race at Cheltenham. We're now going to move on to the 150 on the card. It's the Paddy Power Cotswold Chase. It's a grade two, and Stairway Faye has been backed into favouritism at three to one. We then got Royal Pagai at hundred thirty. The Real Wacker next in at four to one. That's all right, Gino sixes. Ahoy Senor's thirteen to two, and Capitano the outsider at eight to one. Pull out of all the races we're doing on this podcast. Um, I thought this was probably the hardest one to work out. Um, I don't know what you thought about it. Yeah, maybe not a race you'd be getting too heavily involved. With. I think that's all right, Gino. Small fields. If he drops out, you know, he shouldn't have too much ground. Even if he latches on to the tail end of, of, of the pack, he shouldn't have as much ground as he had the last day at Newbury. Um, six to one could, I know I said this with the last race but as well, but six to one could be a big price. He was as short as four to one, so I suppose that could be a slight concern here. But Gavin Sheehan on board knows him well. He's gone up a fair hike and probably rightly so for that victory at Newbury last time out. And I think if that race hasn't left his mark, he should be there or thereabouts. I'll be surprised if he goes off any bigger than six to one. The real Wacker fourth from last scene. I know connections think a lot of him. Royal the guy, it's probably not soft enough for him, is it? I'd probably be more inclined to have a small wager on a high senior to come back to form at thirteen to two than I would be getting involved with Royal the guy at one hundred to thirty. But um, yeah, the one of a horse that I followed and tipped up on, on the pod before is that's all right, Dino. So I'm going to stick with Jamie Snowden's charge here. Yeah, I think I'm going to row him with you here. I just think he's a little got a little bit more potential with this kind of trip. Obviously, he won at Newbury last time out, but he's never really tried it before. And I, I do think um, he's always been doing his best work late on. And I think the ground as well is going to really suit him. Um, his best form is come according to James Stone anyway on good good soft ground. So, yeah, the drying out ground at Cheltenham, I think that will really suit him. And, yeah, over this trip as well, I, I could see him hitting the line hard and uh, being there or thereabouts. How about you, Katie? I agree with Paul in terms of it. it's, it's not going to be soft enough for Royal Bagai. He definitely needs it softer to be seen to his best. And mm, he's been running well at Cheltenham in the Gold Cup. He hasn't been running too badly. He's just not quite up to that level. But Haydock last time, I think that was probably his big day. Uh, he loves Haydock and it's a track that seems to suit him a bit more. So I would be quite worried about his chances. And he looks like he's on the drift as well. Stay away, Faye's coming for a bit of support. I think it would be a real statement if he was to come here and win. 
um, against these horses. The real whacker, I think you can forgive him his run at Cheltenham in, in the Paddy Power Gold Cup um, because I think he he knocked himself. Um, so he struck into himself and he was lame on his right foreleg. Um, so, you know, that's an obvious excuse for why he did disappoint that day and was pulled up. And he did have 12 stone to carry as well, which was going, always going to be hard for him. But maybe more was expected from him in the King George and to be as far behind as he was. I think looking forward to him potentially running in the Gold Cup, he'd need to be more competitive than he was in that race. So he wouldn't really be on my radar, although this is this isn't as competitive or high quality a race as the King George. Um, that's all right, Gino, I think has a good claim, good chances uh, in this race. He was really impressive at Newbury and, and I can see the clear case for him, but it is another step up. I think one that is being overlooked here and I'm going to tentatively side with is a course and distance winner and the defending champion and that's a Hoy Senor. I just think he's a big price at 13 to 2 for a horse that is as talented as he is and he's the joint highest rated in this field with Royal Pagai. He's been very disappointed in the last twice, but it, we know that he has a tendency to to make mistakes and he isn't the most fluent jumper. And it seemed in the Charlie Hall that he made one really bad mistake and then he was never travelling after that and he was subsequently pulled up. He had a tough um, task off top weight in the, in the Coral Gold Cup at Newbury and I, I never thought that he would have a good chance in that. And he didn't really jump well either. But he seems to improve in the second half of his season and I'm hoping that's going to be the case again this time around. I'm hoping that he's just going to be overlooked coming into this. People are going to be concentrating more on those at the top of the market and he could sneak in. If he gets into a nice rhythm out in front, then you know we know how talented he can be. It's just whether or not he has um, you know, improved his jumping a little bit. That would be my worry that he's going to make one of one of his mistakes and then the race is going to fall apart for him. But I'm hopeful that if he's on a going day, he'll be able to to jump better and then just make it into a real test from the front and, and class will prevail. Okay, it's going to be a hoist and you know for Katie and two votes for that's all right, Gino, for myself. Um, Paul, we then move on to the 225 at Cheltenham, which is the rearranged, my pension expert, Clarence House Chase. It's a great one. And John Bond is your odds on favourite at one to three. We then got Editor Dugit next to him at seven to one, defending his crown in this race. Alexia Donets at sixteens, Fugitive sixteens as well, and Uber Negro is the outside of, of the field at twenty to one. Casey John Bond, um, it's penalty kick, isn't it? You should just win this. I can't really see a horse that's going to beat him. Uh, yes, respect Editor Dugit, I suppose, but. I think John Bond has just got too much class for the rest of them here and I'd expect him to go and win. I think he looks better than ever, the best that he's been and, yeah, I expect him to win. Okay, confident selection or vote for John Bond. Uh, Paul, are we going to make it a full house? Yeah, you'd have to. Um, great to see Nicky Henderson having, having runners again in the in the big races. Um, yeah, I think bar disaster he wins, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. What do you think of his chances if El Fabiano had lined up? Do you think um, John Bond might be able to reverse the form from the Arco? Um, no, I don't think. I think I think he'd, he'd confirm it. El Fabiano would. Okay, El Fabiano would be for Paul if they do take on, but we'll have to see uh, Common Cheltenham hopefully at the festival in March. But yeah, that's our thoughts then. Quick and simple on the Clarence 
house we then move on to the three o'clock which is the univet hurdle formerly known as the international so grade two this has been rearranged from the december meeting lozzy mouth is your favorite making a seasonal time here at five six odds on favorite we've then got love and bois at 11 to four rubo at fives first street 25s and guard your dreams an interesting runner making a return off a long left at 33 to one paul lozzy mouth um do we think she's a little bit short here, considering that she's yet to take on her elders? Yeah, she she probably is. Like she had odds on here at five to six. It is on the on the tight side, but it's tough to see her being beat. I think you know she's she's five career wins from six starts. The only time she got beat, we, we mentioned that earlier when we covered the two o five at Doncaster. Garla Marceau got the better of her in the the juvenile hurdle at the Dublin Races Festival last season. Um, she got caught in a pocket down the rail. Paul got shuffled back. He got stuck behind the horse that was making the run and shuffled back to the end. Hackett had to make his run wide and turn and left-handed So and gone uphill as well. So she probably did pretty well to, to get it as good as she did to the winner that day. Um, she's got huge ability and I think is the, is a worthy favourite here. As much as I love love Enwa and the Noel Feely race syndicate, I'm going to have to side with Lossie Mouth. Okay, Lossie Mouth it is for Paul. How about you, Casey? Yeah, I'd be firmly with Lossie Mouth as well. I, I just love her. I think she's incredible. And as Paul touched on it, she's unlucky not to be unbeaten um, with that race at Leperstown uh, last February. But I think she's got scope for such uh, like plenty and further improvement. And it's she's quite exciting for really going forward as well. So, um, no, I think she'll win this. But Le no, she's, she's quite a big price at them to four because you know, she's a really good mare um, on her day. But I think Lossie Mouse, if she shows the improvement that's expected from her, um, she can be very difficult to beat. Okay, two. I had, I had a small. This is just a story about Love Envoy. I had a small lucky fifteen that I did for a bit of crack at the uh, at the Cheltenham Festival, and it was all rolling on. The first three won, and uh, it was all rolling on to to Love Envoy. In the against Honeysuckle in in the mayor's hurdle, so yeah, Honeysuckle. I thought Honeysuckle should have went for the champion hurdle personally that year, but uh, if Lovenba had to collect, I would have netted about three and a half grand for a, a very small lucky fifteen bet. But sure, there you go. I was so happy that Honeysuckle won, and you're probably a bit gutted then. <laughs> I'm over. I know. I was delighted. I tried. I I got a nice wee bit out of it anyway, but uh, it could have been fairly sweet. I was. I was delighted now to see Honeysuckle. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's not quite. I'm Las- obviously over it. It's I'm not obviously over it. It's not quite. La- it's not quite Las Vegas, is it? But um, you, still, there's plenty more chances to get there, and maybe Lozzie Mouth can uh, help you along the way. Uh, yeah, if Lavenwa runs up to that level again, then Lozzie Mouth is is going to have to improve plenty to beat her. No, she is. Yeah, she's a proper mare. Yeah, no, she is. She she'll put it up to Lozzie Mouth. There's no doubt about that. Well, well, I actually quite like Love and Voir. I think she's well in here off the weights. If you actually look at the official ratings, she's actually the best horse on on the on the figures at one five one, and she's getting weight from every single horse in the race. Um, so, and I, I do as I mentioned earlier. I always have those concerns about juvenile hurdlers. I've seen it plenty of times where, yes, they they look like they've got the world their feet when they're a juvenile hurdler, but then when they come five, I always find more often than not that they just don't re- recapture that form or it, it doesn't they, they they just take that it just is a bit of a struggle for them taking that step to take on horses that have got proper experience and what you call open company so 
I do think she is a little bit short. Willie Mullins hasn't had the best record sending over horses this year. Just looking at his stats there, he's won from 13. So, I, I yeah, that's all changed soon, I think, Chris. Oh, yeah, but yeah, clearly at the festival, but you take serious as runners. But I, I do think at the same time that that they are maybe over uh, or they, they are always on the short side um obviously you can see why because of that festival angle and pundits will want to be with them but i do think um i do think she is short and love and wife i, I wouldn't be sort of surprised to maybe see her drift in the day actually lost enough maybe they they could be a little bit closer together i could see maybe love and coming in maybe about two to one and maybe lost mouth might go off could be six to four i think it'd be interesting to see what happens on the day, but I don't think they should be uh, as far apart in the market as they are. And like I say, with Love Envoy getting weight from every single horse in the race, I do think that that, that is being overlooked. So I'm, I'm going to go with Love Envoy, but we've got two votes for Lozzy now. So that's our thoughts then on um, the Union Bet Hurdle. We then move on to the last race we're going to preview on ITV at Cheltenham. Um, it is the McCoy Contractors Cleave Hurdle. It's a great two contest. And Paisley Park is your favourite at 11 4. We've then got Dashiell Drasher at 7 2. Noble Yates, an interesting runner at 4 1. Champ at 13 2, along with Botox has. Strong leaders 10s as well. Um, Flight Dex, the outsider, 25 to 1. Katie, um, it's a bit of a rematch, isn't it? Uh, with the likes of Paisley Park, Dashiell Drasher, and Champ. Do we think one of them is going to take all the beating? Yeah, I don't really have a strong fancy in it, to be honest. Uh, Botox Haas is a horse that I've been sticking with this season, but he was really disappointing in the long walk, and I'm not sure I can trust him again at the moment. Then Paisley Pratt, Dashiell Drash at the top of the market, the old boys. It would be nice to see them battle it out, wouldn't it? Um, but Noble Yates is going to be quite dangerous and has been really well-backed. Um, I love Champ as well, but he tends to go better fresh. So I'm I'm not really sure about this one. I think it's a tough one. Okay, no strong opinion then from Casey. How about you, Paul? Did you like one of the old timers here? Yeah, two fan favourites at the top of the market. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of both, but I'm gonna. St- I think there's a bit more mileage left on, on Dashiell Drasher, so I'm gonna side with with Paisley Park. An incredible training performance from from Barry Fenton and Emma Lavelle to get him back and and back to. Back to his near best, like he's second on his last couple of starts, and he couldn't knock either runs really. Like he, he ran a cracker, was it two starts ago in the was the long distance in, in Newbury, the long when walk. he was just touched off by by Dashiell Drasher, and then in the the long walk, then he just got chinned by Crambo. Great tactical ride on, on the winner on by by Johnny Burke on that occasion, but um. Yeah, Paisley, like he deserves. He just wanted to get his head in front one more time, wouldn't we? It'd be, it'd be unbelievable if he if he landed. If he came home at the festival, that would be incredible. But um, yeah, I think definitely Cheltenham would be absolutely rocking. Paisley leads them home here. I'm in agreement with you. I think he'd probably win this. I think um, I just think Cheltenham is his course over this course and distance. He's got a great record going for his fourth win in the race, and I think in both starts this season he's shown. There's still a bit of life in him, and um, yeah, I think I still wouldn't even discount him running an absolute blinder at the festival. It might not be good enough to win, but if you get a double figure price for that yeah. on the day, I think he's got every chance of placing. And we've seen like the likes of side, like last year's day of hurdle was mad, wasn't it? With big yeah. price runners, veterans, you know, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he could run an absolute blinder at the festival. I just, I hope he, I just hope he behaves himself at the start here. Well, the last time gets away on terms and well, the last time he won the race, didn't he give like ten lengths at the start or something? So, and then he still and he still won comfortably enough. So, 
but but yeah, I think he's I think he's got a very good chance. I think Vashel's probably the one he's got to beat, but I just want worry if he might just set it up for him. And I think the 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 way the nature of the track at Cheltenham, I think it would just suit Paisley more. But I I couldn't put you off either if you if you did fancy either one. So. What about the move in the market for Noble Yates? That that is interesting. The move in the market for for Noble Yates, but I think he's got quite a bit to find. Really, I mean he he. I'm not sure what kind of ride you could say he was given last time out at, at Limerick. You know, he, he was obviously made the running um, and he and he got beat. Maybe he's just a horse that just needs an extreme test of stamina. Um, but if he was to win this race, you would definitely have to throw his hat in the ring, wouldn't you, for the stayers? Um, maybe, maybe they think that they're not good enough to, to go in the Gold Cup. Maybe his mark's a little bit too high for the Grand National. Or maybe they're trying to protect it. Who knows? Um, yeah, it's an interesting campaign in any way. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. Definitely have to see what that shrewd Emmett gets up to. He's uh, he's a man of mystery, he is. And uh, yeah, definitely. But he's going to have a win at Doncaster anyway, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, of course he is. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Well, you, you heard it here first from Casey. But that, that's the main races then covered from ITV. Does anybody have... Anything else to round off? Uh, Paul's anything else that caught your eye this weekend? Cheltenham or Dundalk even? Well, just, talking at Friday? Yeah, well, well, I thought you'd never mention it, Chris. When you, now that you mentioned Dundalk, uh, we got a competitive card as always on Friday evening. But I'm looking to the six o'clock race for Division 2 of to join us on our social channels, Handicap. We've got a mile to cover. Fleetfoot Soldier. Nicely drawn, was well supported when last seen, and is a course and distance winner for the shrewd Kevin Coleman Yard. Callum Hogan takes the mount, claims a valuable seven off ten stone one. But I'm looking at I'm looking at one to beat him, and I'm looking at Trishuli River. Drawn out wide, so the draw could be a little bit kinder. But she she looked to be getting the hang of things on her last three starts. She was second three starts back, failed to back that up on her next start. But was a good winner at Dundalk over the, the eight furlongs when last seen. Good trainer in Shane Crawley. And Hugh Horgan has been in terrific form of late. Son of former leading national jockey Trevor Horgan. And Hugh takes the valuable five off nine stone nine. So I think Trishuli River, despite that outside draw, should run well at round about the five to one mark in that six o'clock at Dundalk. Okay, one there for, for the fun dog listeners. Uh, I just had a few to mention that were running on some of the other races at Cheltenham. I think Burdett Road versus Sergino could arguably be the juvenile race of the season so far. Both very highly touted horses. I was really impressed by Burdett Road uh, when he won at Huntington and then he it blew, blew me away when he won at Cheltenham. A lot of people were crabbing the form, but it still looks like it, it's not that bad. There's not much over the Irish Sea and this definitely is the, the two best, or arguably the two of the best British juveniles we've seen so far. And um, yeah, this could definitely have a bearing on, on the Cheltenham Festival with the Triumph Market. I thought Ginny's Destiny could be hard to beat. Uh, beat Grey Dawning last time and Trelawne. We've seen that form being advertised by Grey Dawning and even Trelawne was unlucky not to win. I thought Weatherby decided that he was going walkabouts that day and if he'd actually raced properly, I think he would have beaten Colonel Harry. And then um, in the last race at Cheltenham, we've got Gidley Park, talking horse uh, of Harry Fry. Absolutely bolted up last time out of Newbury. But there's a few interesting runners in here. Johnny Who came fourth in the shadow. Isaac Desabeau is a horse I like as well. And Lord of Thunder's been going places. He's been coming along nicely for the Tizards. And I just think that's going to be an interesting race. And 
I could see Goodly Park running well, but maybe one of the other horses that I've just mentioned that I think they could also get involved as well, and they might be a little bit overpriced. So that's definitely a race I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. And then just one more I'm going to round off, and then I'll shut up. Um, it's Mon Morale in the last at Doncaster, 350. I didn't actually think he ran that badly last time out at Cheltenham. He was sent off favourite, or fought, nearly favourite. He was 4-1 to one, uh, last time out in a grade 3 handicap at Cheltenham. We've always known that Paul Nichols has held him in high regard, but I just thought Bryony taking the ride was interesting. She's never ridden him before. And if he does go out in front under Bryony, which we seem to do, I just wondered if he could get into a good rhythm and off a mark of one four two in this kind of field. I just thought maybe this could be could be a winnable mark for him, and he's stepping up and trip to three miles as well. So I'll be interested to see how he gets on. But there are a couple. I'm of with you there, Chris. I think Morale is really interesting. His jumping hasn't always been the slickest, but if Bryony gets the front on him, as you say, maybe it could help him a lot. And he looks to be the class of that field. He's a beautiful looking horse. He's one of the best looking horses I've seen. So hopefully uh, he can get his career back on track. Yeah, he's definitely a horse I'll be keeping an eye on in the lucky last at Doncaster on Saturday. So that rounds off the podcast. Thanks again to Paul and Katie for giving up their time. Hopefully we found you some winners this week. Remember to follow us on the social platforms on Twitter and Instagram at In The Saddle Pod. Please gamble responsibly as well, and we'll be seeing you again soon. (laughs) 